Would you join me in a word of prayer? Gracious and holy God, may your Holy Spirit move among us that in the words of scripture, the words of sermon, the words in the minds and hearts and conversations of this congregation, that in the midst of them all, we might discern your Holy Spirit speaking to us anew. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our scripture passage today in this series on love uh, could not be complete without 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, you will notice uh, that chapter 12 ends with, uh, in the midst of all the conflict that had been going on, uh, Paul saying, I will show you a still more excellent way. And then we move into chapter 13. If I speak in the languages of people and angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith enough to move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, if I deliver my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at the wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for languages, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For our knowledge is imperfect and our prophecy is imperfect. But when the perfect comes, the imperfect will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall understand fully, even as I have been fully understood. So faith, hope, love, abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. Make love your goal. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In ancient Greece, sports were held up as examples of human excellence. They loved the, the excellence of body, the excellence of mind, the excellence of spirit, the excellence in competition. And so they had the Olympics that were held every four years. That was the biggest sporting event in, uh, in Greece. Uh, but, but there was another one that was just, just almost as important of, uh, as the Olympics, and that was the Isthmian Games were held on the Isthmus of Corinth. So Corinth is this sports mecca. And when Paul is speaking, he's using these sports metaphors that we may just move right over and not necessarily notice. But I want to lift those up because they're crucial to understanding what this is about. Now, Corinth is a thriving city, but it's also an incredibly diverse city because you've had people from all over the ancient world that have come to live there, and they don't get along with each other. Everybody thinks their way is right. 
And Paul says this is a mess because not only does it happen outside, but what's happening outside the church is also happening inside the church. It just mirrors the culture. Paul says the only way out of this is agape, love. And so Paul writes a poem. By the way, do you know what the competitions were in the Isthmusian games? They were uh, wrestling, mixed martial arts, chariot racing, boxing, and poetry. (laughs) So Paul writes this poem. The choir did such a lovely job of singing that this morning, the joint choirs. And they got it right because it's a poem. A poem about the ways of love. If I speak in the languages of people and angels but do not have love, I'm just a bunch of irritating noise. Love is about character. Love is about discipline. Not the stuff of ego and power trips and manipulation or insult, domination or cynicism. Love is about this agape, this self-giving. And we practice love so that love becomes us. Make love your goal, Paul says. Because agape love changes everything. It changes the culture, it changes the people, it changes the way they live. Free from preoccupation with the self, they're able to relate and interact with others differently because they've made love their goal. They have the freedom to love. No calculator needed about uh, who's up or who's down or how much you've given and how much somebody else has given. It's all about the freedom to love. I like the works of uh, M.C. Escher, the the guy who did those wonderful lithographs. Uh, He he did one, Reptiles, it's called. And there's uh, there's a bunch of lizards on the cover of a book, right? And you look at them and you see these drawing of these little bitty dragons. Uh, But but then you look closer and one of them's raising his little snout up. And another's crawling off the page. And another one is already off the page and crawling up onto the pile of books nearby. And another one has, has reached the tower of the books and he's up top and he's snorting fire. I see, I think that's what love does to us. It takes us from being one-dimensional beings. It takes us off the page to become multi-dimensional beings who live and move and who become real. And once in a while, yeah, snort fire. We are called by God in the ways of love. So there's a question for self-reflection that I have found helpful for a great many years. The question simply put is, what do people think of when they think of you. Which is very different than what do people think of you. No, that, that's, that's a judgment question. No, this is a self-reflection question. What do people think of when they think of you? With what do they associate you? What values? What stories? What passions? Alfred Nobel invented dynamite, right? And uh, accidentally, a couple of newspapers got the wrong story and they thought he died, so they published his obituary, which Alfred Nobel read, and he did not like what he read about himself. He said, uh, they said things such as, the inventor of dynamite, the merchant of death, is dead. He was so appalled at being remembered this way that he changed his will and he put it in a trust 
so that there would be prizes for the greatest, the most excellent human achievements in peace and physics, chemistry, medicine, and literature, the Nobel Prize. That's what people think of when they think of Alfred Nobel. So what do people think of when they think of you? Do they think of love? If they do not, according to Paul, whatever it is they may think, it will not endure. You become what you behold, right? We become what we behold, and so we spend a lot of time lifting up these different dimensions of love. So what is love? Well, on the one hand, love is an ideal. It guides us. It's a goal towards which we are able to steer our lives. Love is an ideal. It's the star we steer by in the dark night of the soul. And we may be on the, on the high seas of, of life and there may be a storm brewing and, and, and blowing and, and we may be pushed this way and that, but uh, no matter how lost we are, we keep looking for that north star of love because that's what guides us. And so that no matter what is going on, we know what to do and where to go and who we are. Love is a goal. Make love your goal. According to John Calvin, and it's important to say John Calvin on Reformation Sunday, right? So now I've checked that off. John Calvin uh, was not like Luther. Luther was kind of a bull in the china shop. He got things moving, but it created some chaos. Calvin was a careful thinker because for Calvin, love is an act of the mind. Love is about thinking clearly. And so you've got Calvin doing all these things to reshape his city as he thinks through clearly how people of faith needed to live together and how the public needed to be together. Or, or you can look again at Martin Luther King, or should I say the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, because he was a careful thinker and he was able to bring peace because he had thought of a new way of love. It was a kind of love, according to Martin Luther King, he says, I may not like somebody, but I can still love them. Because love for him meant things like dignity and fairness and justice. To love is to act towards the other with a sense of their dignity and to show them compassion. Even when we do not feel like it, we can think carefully about love. Make love your goal. Thirdly, love is about feelings, not just about thinking. It's about feelings, this, this, this fellow feeling, this, this shared humanity is part of what love is about. Like Vincent van Gogh, uh, when he was just beginning to paint, he was in the coal mining region uh, of, of, uh, of France and Belgium, and, and, and he, was, uh, he was painting there because he said he wanted people to recognize that among these coal miners, these, these rough people, that these people could feel tenderly. They could feel deeply. Love is about feelings. It's through the eyes of love that we're able to grasp what another human being is really about, the innermost core of who they were, to see something of the essence of who they are, and we see it through the eyes of love. 
Philosopher Emmanuel Levinas talks about the, the irreducible otherness of the other, the alterity of the other. I don't even know half of what Levinas is talking about, but I keep going back to it, right? I keep going back to it because there's something there that's profound and I learn a little bit more and more each time I struggle through it. The otherness of the other. What, what does Paul say? Now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. That sense of something of the, the face of the other that seems to call out to us, to call out to us uh, from, from the core of who they are to the core of who we are. Love is about discerning, being open to that otherness there. Love is about mind and body. They go together. Let me simply say, I, I like what Julie, Judy Garland wrote uh, when she said, quote, it was not into my ear you whispered, but into my heart. It was not my lips you kissed, but my soul. That sense of being kissed on the soul that comes from God, that being blessed by God. That's love given to us with a sense of freedom, God's freedom to love us. What is love for us? God is love. Agape love grounded in God where we come to trust this one who created us, who watches over us, who cares about us, and who sets us free because we experience ourselves to be so loved. And that sense of being loved gives you a sense of courage. No matter what happens in the world, we have this existential sense of courage because we're loved by God. In the classic novel, Moby Dick, Father Maple's sermon at the very beginning of the book uh, has these challenging words. He says, we must disobey ourselves. It is in disobeying ourselves wherein we harness the obeying of God. That obeying of God that, that comes because we are so free. We're free to love. This, this courage that, that comes with God's love to us. Soren Kierkegaard, the Danish philosopher, is one who, for all of his um, esoteric books, uh, at the core of them uh, is the book, The Works of Love. And Kierkegaard says, love is all, gives all, and takes all. Make love your goal, because love is an act of the will. It's the coming together of these other dimensions of ourself, our heart, our mind, our strength, our body, our soul. It is that, that moment, as Kierkegaard says, that we must take the leap of faith, that we must choose, choose to be who we are called to be. That's to be a self, to have a self, to take the risk of that leap of faith in all the different forms, no matter what is out there. To love is to awaken to the possibilities that God gives to us and to recognize that nobody else will do what you are called to do. Love is to stop being comfortable, to stop hiding out, to step out and show people who you are. There's a haiku sign on a street in New York I've always remembered. The haiku says simply, imagine a world 
where your every move matters. Welcome to that world. <laughs> Welcome to that world where every move matters. Because we have been set free in Christ to step out of the self-centered life into another centered life, to step into the world of grace, to step into the world of grace with a sense of gratitude because God has loved us so profoundly. Make love your goal because for us, love has a name, Jesus Christ. And when we think of that name, this kaleidoscope of love's images and stories overwhelm us. The images that keep coming to us and changing and moving and transforming and reflecting and reflect, refracting and slipping into place with new color and new patterns in the world, surprising us again and again with the newness and this myriad of images of Jesus all painted with the color of love. Make love your goal. Aim for love. Exercise the will so that you may discover the possibilities that God has given you. Because if you are a Christian, love is to you what the Olympics are to uh, athletic contenders. It exercises the self. It exercises body, mind, and soul to push us to grow strong in love. And by the way, never forget that Paul says that for Christians, love is a team sport. Your team learns to love together. As they become disciplined together, they make love their goal. And all of a sudden, all of these things happen. That's what our stewardship campaign is about. That's what our church is about. Kierkegaard has this quote I'd like to share. He says, when you see the world through the eyes of love, you see endless opportunities. When one has once fully entered the realm of love, the world, no matter how imperfect, becomes rich and beautiful and consists solely of opportunities for love. It's not just the question, what do people think of when they think of you? The question is, what do people think of when they think of God? When they think of God, I hope they think about all the profound lives that are lived in inspiration to his love. All the things that people do in the church as a counter to the culture around us that really does worship money and cars and houses and beauty and power and fame. But in the presence of God's love, there is this transvaluation of values that puts everything in a new perspective, in a life-giving perspective. We live in God, and the life of faith is a slow dawning of how much God loves us and how much God has given to us. The better we understand God's nature, the more we open ourselves to it, the more possibilities we have to become like it. We love because God first loved us. God is love. Make love your goal. Amen.